Hey, welcome to this edition of Wisdom of the Sages. This one I'm entitling Daily Rituals. Now, that's the name of a book, a small book written by Mason Curry a few years ago. And he believes that anyone working in creating could be both inspired and comforted by hearing how others get things done. So it's a compilation of short blurbs describing the rituals and routines of 161 creatives from composers and writers to painters and poets. Now, I want to give you just a glimpse of some of the things here, because I think there's a lot of value in creating good habits, you know, perhaps even rituals. Now, you're going to hear some kind of strange ones, but uh, I'll share a couple that I do as well. But people like Charles Dickens, you know, went for a walk every afternoon, a daily three-hour walk. And Joseph Heller would lie down in the afternoons to think and daydream about whatever book he was working on. Tchaikovsky took a two-hour walk daily, regardless of the weather. So here's some of the interesting things, and I'm going to share just a few of those from this little book on daily rituals so you can identify what is it that you do that really stimulates and helps your creativity. So here's Ludwig van Beethoven. Beethoven rose at dawn and wasted a little time getting down to work. His breakfast was coffee, which he prepared himself with great care. He determined that there should be 60 beans per cup and he counted them out one by one for a precise dose. Then he sat at his desk and worked until two or three o'clock, taking the occasional break to walk outdoors, which aided his creativity. All right, that's one. That's Beethoven. Let's grab another one here. Let's go to Thomas Mann. Now, he was a writer as well. Thomas Mann was always awake by eight o'clock a.m. After getting out of bed, he drank a cup of coffee with his wife, took a bath, and dressed. Breakfast, again with his wife, was at 8.30 promptly. Then at 9 o'clock, man closed the door to his study, making himself unavailable for visitors, telephone calls, or family. The children were strictly forbidden to make any noise between 9 o'clock and noon, his prime writing hours. It was then that his mind was freshest, and man placed tremendous pressure on himself to get things done during that time. Every passage becomes a passage, he wrote, every adjective a decision. Anything that didn't come by noon would have to wait until the next day. So he forced himself to clench his teeth and take one slow step at a time. All right, what about Sigmund Freud? You think he had habits, rituals? Yeah, you better believe it. He says, I cannot imagine life without work as really comfortable. He wrote to a friend in 1910 with his wife, Martha, to efficiently manage the household. She laid out Freud's clothes chose his handkerchiefs, and even put toothpaste on his toothbrush. He was able to, because of that, be single-mindedly devoted to his work through his career. He rose each day at 7 o'clock, ate breakfast, and had his beard trimmed by a barber who made a daily house call for this purpose. Then he saw psychoanalytic patients from 8 o'clock until noon. Dinner, the principal meal of the day, was served promptly at 1 o'clock. Ernest Hemingway, y'all know Ernest Hemingway, the books he turned out. He did not begin each session by sharpening 20 number two pencils, which sometimes have been written about him. He says, I don't think I ever owned 20 pencils at one time. But he had his share of kind of idiosyncrasies about how he wrote. He wrote standing up, facing a chest high bookshelf with a typewriter on top, and on top of that, a wooden reading board. First drafts, were always composed in pencil, an onion skin, 
typewriter paper laid slantwise across the board when the work was going well, Hemingway would remove the board and shift to the typewriter. He tracked his daily word output on a chart, so as not to kid myself, he said. When the writing wasn't going well, he would often knock off the fiction and answer letters, which gave him a welcome break from the awful responsibility of writing, or as he sometimes called it, the responsibility of awful writing. Okay, let me grab a couple more here. Jonathan Edwards. Now, he was a, a preacher, a theologian, you know, a key figure in the Great Awakening. One of his sermons was, of course, the famous Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. But he spent 13 hours a day in his study, beginning at 4 or 5 in the morning. To break up these long hours of private study, he engaged in daily bouts of physical activity, chopping wood in the winter, walking or horse riding when the weather was good. On his walks, he carried a pen and ink to record his thoughts. For the horseback rides, he employed a mnemonic device, where, and he would do this. For each insight he wished to remember, he would pin a small piece of paper on a particular part of his clothes, which he would associate with a thought. When he returned home, he would unpin these and write each idea down. You know, some days he had a whole bunch of pieces of paper on his clothes when he came back. Now, Nikola Tesla. Now, you certainly know the name, of course, Tesla now being the car manufacturer, but Elon Musk, but Nikola Tesla was a real guy. He was a scientist. He was early. He was an apprentice of Thomas Edison, but he'd regularly work from 10 in the morning until five the following morning. That was, he had odd odd hours. Um, Edison said, I've had many hardworking associates, but you take the cake. Later, Tesla, of course, started his own company. He would arrive at the office at noon. Immediately, his secretary would draw the blinds. Tesla worked best in the dark and would raise the blinds again only in the event of a lightning storm because he liked to watch flashing above the cityscape from his sofa. He typically worked at the office until midnight, again, having arrived there at 1030 in the morning, with a break at 8 o'clock for dinner in the palm room of the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. But these dinners were carefully scripted affairs. He always ate alone. He phoned in his instructions for the meal in advance. And then upon arriving, he was shown to his regular table where 18 clean linen napkins would be stacked at his place. As he waited for his meal, he would polish the already gleaming silver and crystal with these squares of linen, gradually amassing a heap of discarded napkins on a table. When his dishes arrived, served to him not by a waiter, but always by the maitre d' himself, Tesla would mentally calculate the cubic contents of his meal before eating, a strange compulsion he had developed in his childhood and without which he would never eat his food. Well, Frederick Schiller, he was a German poet, historian, philosopher. He kept a drawer full of rotting apples in his top drawer. He said he needed their decaying smell in order to feel the urge to write. How about that one? Isn't that a strange one? Kept rotting apples because he thought the decaying smell stimulated his, his creativity. Well, Charles Schultz, you know him as the creator of Peanuts, the comic strip. He drew every single one of his 17,897 Peanuts comic strips by himself without the aid of any assistance. They had a pretty busy schedule because of that. So on weekdays, he arose at daybreak, took a shower, shaved, woke his children for breakfast. At 8.20, Schultz would drive the kids to school 
in the family station wagon, stopping to pick up the neighbor's children on the way. Then it was time to sit down at the drawing board in the private studio beside his house. He would begin by doodling in pencil while he let his mind wander. His usual method was to just sit there and think about the past, kind of dredge up ugly memories and things like that. Once he had a good idea, however, he would work quickly and with intense concentration to get it onto paper before the inspiration dried up. He always stayed in his studio for lunch and always had a ham sandwich and a glass of milk. Continued working until four o'clock in the afternoon when the kids returned home from school. And just interesting rituals. Stephen King, of course you know him, is more modern day, still actively writing. He writes every day of the year, including his birthday and holidays. And he never lets himself quit before he reaches his daily quota of 2,000 words. He works in the mornings, starting at 8 or 8.30. Some days he finishes up as early as 11.30, but more often it takes him up until about 1.30 to meet his goal. Then he has the afternoons and evenings free for naps, letters, reading, family, Red Sox games on TV. You know, somebody like that, you think, why doesn't he stop? He's 75 years old, why doesn't he stop? He just continues cranking out. Of course, his, his writings have sold millions and millions of copies. There have been like 60 of them that have been turned into movies. There's so many things out there. So what do you do? What do you have as a, as a ritual or just a little idiosyncratic habit that you do that would get seem kind of odd to somebody else? You know, one of the things that I do, and I've talked about this before, is I, I carry a $100 bill in my wallet. I just like knowing it's there. Now, it's not there to spend, you know, frequently I give it away to somebody. Um, and I have had people stop me in airports saying, Dan, do you have that $100 bill? And I always do. It's just, it's just a mental thing that knowing that it's there, I've never broke. No matter how much money I've got, I know I've got that there. It was just one of those things that served me well when I was going through a, a tough time and I just continue it today. I also carry a little stone in my pocket. I do this no matter what clothes I'm wearing every day. It's just part of what I do. It's just like, geez, like brushing my teeth in the morning. I have this little stone. Now, currently I have a a little stone. It's a lapis lazuli. If you're familiar with stones, I mean, this is one of those that's considered to, it's helpful in activating the higher mind, enhancing intellectual ability, stimulates the desire for knowledge, truth, and understanding, aids in the process of learning. Now, I don't attach a whole lot of meaning to what it does for me, but it's just, again, just thinking that I've got it there. And I call it my gratitude stone where every time I reach in my pocket during the course of the day and touch that little stone, it reminds me just to express gratitude for something. Those are some of the little things that I have built in as little rituals. Now there's probably some other odd ones that I may not be, um, may, may not be open to sharing. I'll have to think about those. And maybe after I'm gone, people write about some of my odd habits as well. But those are daily rituals. Hope it's been inspiring to you to, to kind of track your own. Certainly logical and uh, important to have those things that you build into your own life that'll help you in your own creativity and innovation. 